we deny that anything else, whether works to be performed or opinions to be held, can be added to the gospel without perverting it into another gospel. You tell people they're not Christian because they don't agree with you, you're perverting the gospel. Simple as that. You can call it what you want. You can try to put sugar on it as much as you want to. That's what you're doing. The only thing the doctor prescribes is truth. Welcome back, everybody, to the Prescribing Truth Podcast right here on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash prescribe truth. I'm your host, Jabal Bandy. If this is your first time checking out these videos, please remember to hit that subscribe button and that bell to the side so you can be notified when I have new content if you find this helpful. I'm also available on various podcast apps, including iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Uh, please, if you're listening to us there, Leave a rating and a review as this helps me out a lot. If you'd like to contact me, you can do so by emailing me at prescribed.truth at gmail.com or you can call in at 801-980-6333. All that is in the description. Um, if you want to support the show financially for just a dollar or more a month, you can do so by partnering with me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash prescribed truth. Uh, thank you so much for those who already give. I greatly appreciate you. The link for all that is in the description. Even if you just want to donate for one time, it's in the description. Uh, I don't want to be long. This has been a weird night of recording. As you know, I record my podcast ahead of time. And uh, man, technical difficulty after technical difficulty. I have uh, my patron, um, Nathan, on here who is riding with me <laughs> uh, as we was going through this. And now, after having some connection issues with the internet, I'm just going just recording. So I'm not live right now on my um, Patreon. So, guys, the live stream that I was on that didn't work is on there. I apologize for that. We're going to work it out. Um, but so today I want to continue this conversation dealing with uh, social justice and those issues. Um, I did a couple of videos. Well, I did a video and broke it up in two of my reading through the statement on social justice and the gospel. And um, I didn't see anything wrong with it. I didn't see anything wrong with it. I mean. I can see where people are trying to draw problems out of it, and I knew people would, but if you just read it, I don't see, you, you can't really get nothing out of that that's just wrong. You just can't. Like, it's a, like what, I've, what I've heard people say who don't want to sign it, uh, other than some other secondary issue, is that um, even though they see that, um, hey, they care about social justice in, in a statement, well, they really don't mean that. And and that's what's been assumed. And uh, oh yeah, well, they, they, well, this stuff is still div this is divisive. I'm like, no, okay, but yeah. So a lot of issues. So I'm I'm going to deal with the hard parts of this statement, the quote unquote hard parts, and we're going to deal with it. If you disagree with me, if you are on a side that says, hey, you guys over there who signed that statement, you guys don't know what you're talking about, so on and so forth. You know, leave a comment or. You can call me. We can talk about it. I think this conversation should continue. Um, I don't think it needs to continue in a way that it's been going as far as all the slander and assuming people's motives and intentions as if we can see people's heart. Um, no, I don't I don't like how that's been going on. But there are those who are having reasonable um, discussions and conversations. So I'm I'm open for that. I'm not. I'm not trying to go back and forth on in a, in a contest of, of who can uh, talk more trash. You know, not not trying to do that. Like especially amongst Christians. Like no, no man, no. Like <laughs> like man, my hope is in Christ. I hope your hope is in Christ. And I'm like, hey, I can love you as my brother. I'm not. Finna, I'm not going to down you. I'm not going to do that to you. And so hopefully you won't do that to me. 
So yeah, that's that's where we're at. So I'm not gonna take it long. I've been I've been on this thing all night trying to record and so I'm just trying to jump right into it, alright? So um when I did my last video, I kinda just read it and you kinda like watch me as I read it. I got it where I can pull it up. I should have did this last time. I didn't think about it. But I got it pulled up and so I'm gonna show it to you and we're gonna discuss it, alright? So here we are. Now I got it on the gospel part. Like I said, I was recording this earlier, but this is not where I want to start. I want to go back over here at send point five. And we're right now just gonna look at the denial. And this is where a lot of um some issues people are having. So it says we deny that other than the previously stated connection to Adam, any person is morally culpable for another person's sin. Plain what that is is hey, I'm not responsible for what my ancestors did. You know, and nobody should be responsible for what their ancestors did. So, if if my for my white brothers and sisters, you should not feel guilty for what your ancestors did for owning slaves, if they even own slaves. You should have to repent for that. Now, I'm, I understand there are there. Everybody's not saying they have to repent, but there are some, uh, and quite a few, who are saying that white brothers and sisters should repent. Of the racism in our country, even though they, even though they themselves aren't racist, like, and and, the, and it's funny because those who feel like they shouldn't repent for what their ancestors did, they're told that they may have some racism in them, or that they're unloving and they don't care about un injustices. Like, no, no, not nobody's saying they don't care about those things. Nobody's saying that they they're being racist. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, only thing they're saying is what the Bible says that, hey, God says, I'm not accountable for my father's sins, and neither should you. All right, so that's what they're saying. Like, nobody's coupled for another person's sins. Now, it does acknowledge that there's a group of people who do heinous sins. And that's what it says that although families, groups, and nations can sin collectively, and cultures can be predisposed to particular sins. Subsequent generations share the collective guilt of their ancestors only. Only if they approve and embrace or attempt to justify those sins. Now, so for those out there who are accusing John MacArthur and James White and so on and so forth of justifying racism and, and, and social injustices, you're, you're, you're bearing false witness against your brother. You, you do realize that. Because nobody said that. Nobody's done that. It, it, so nobody, so it, it, that don't make any sense. Don't make any sense. And you say, well, I know the statement says that, but they really mean this. Like, come on now. Come on now. Like, like we don't even handle the Bible that way. Like, the same standard that we apply to our reading of the text when we do exegesis, like, we don't do it that way. We don't say, well, the text says this, but it really means that. Now, I know people who don't agree with predestination and stuff in election. Yeah, they do that because the text clearly says God predestines those to be conformed to the image of the Son, they, you know, foreknew and so on and so forth. And they say, well, it says that, but it really means this. Like, yeah, they do that. But come on now. When, like, when we see the text concerning Jesus, talking about his deity and, and everything, all those important texts, the virgin birth, like you have people, they see Mary was a virgin in Scripture. But there are people who believe that virgin don't mean virgin. They say, well, it says that she was a virgin, but it really means this. See, people do that. 
And you know that's not an honest way of handling anything. No, it's, it's not. So why do it here? I don't understand that. Why do it here? So unless they're justifying it, unless they're embracing it or approving it, no, they should not have to repent. My white brothers and sisters should not have to repent for what other people did or other people are doing. They, they shouldn't have to repent for that. Everybody must stand before God and deal with their own sins. Nobody is going to be standing with somebody else. We're all going to stand before God and give an account for our own sins. Now, my white brothers and sisters and my black brothers and sisters, maybe, maybe you should examine your heart to see if there is a hint of racism there. Not just my white brothers and sisters, but my black ones too. Maybe you should do some digging in your heart to see if there's some racism there. Especially the anger for those who are slandering white brothers and sisters for their stance on not agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah, we should do some examining of hearts here. All right, so that's that. I'm like, you know, that's, that's that part of saying. I want to read that. Now, look at the gospel. Now, there's an issue here of saying, like, you know, just preach the gospel. People are saying, just preach the gospel. And then people are saying over on the other side, well, no. I'm not saying just preach the gospel. You know, like we're going the gospel requires action. Okay, cool. So now here we go. One. Who said that we should just preach the gospel and don't deal with nothing? Nah. Nobody said that. That's an assumption that's made. And matter of fact, it's been made into actually a lie. It was it started off with an assumption, but now actually people are passing it on as if it's true and it's a lie. Nobody said that. Nobody said just preach the gospel and that's it. No. But we do recognize the gospel is key. The gospel is key. And the gospel doesn't just mean, hey, you go stand up for injustice in the world. Gospel is not about that. Now, being a born-again believer, and because I do believe that we are made in the Imago Dei, in the image of God, we have value, we have worth, not because of our ethnicity, not because of our status quo, but we have value and worth before God. And because of that, I do value him in life. I do value when people are treated unjustly. Not value. I do find it wrong when people are treated unjustly. You see? Because we're made in Imago Day. There's a whole reasoning behind everything we do. So they affirm the gospel here. It says the gospel is the divinely revealed message concerning the person that worked with Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. We broke God's law. We deserve hell. We need to be reconciled to God. We couldn't do our good. We couldn't do no good works to be reconciled to God. The only one way could, you know, that we can uh, receive um, redemption, and that's if God himself comes and he bears our sin on himself upon the cross. And as far as I remember, he died for past, present, and future sins, unless we somehow believe that we can lose our salvation, which I doubt anybody would believe that, or any Christian would agree with that. And so, yeah, if he died for past, present, and future sins, huh, oh man, is racism a sin? Yeah, it is. So if you got a brother or sister who struggles with racism, if they do, which probably some do. I'm not going to say that people don't. I'm pretty sure some people do. So, didn't Christ die for that sin as well? Nah. He only died for the sin if they go out and protest against it. Nah, they're, they're truly Christian. This is why we said that people are putting this stuff above the gospel. You know, that's, that's, that's just the case. 
you know what I'm saying? Not, so, yes, if somebody has racism in the heart, like I said about two minutes ago now, they need to repent. Examine their own hearts and repent. Give it to the Lord. Trust Christ. Walk in love. Walk as Christ walked. You know? So, anyway. Um... I'm going to finish reading the rest of this. So it says, uh, the gospel is the divinely revealed message concerning the personal work of Jesus Christ, especially his virgin birth, righteous life, substitutionary sacrifice, atoning death, and bodily resurrection, revealing who he is and what he has done with the promise that he will save anyone and everyone who turns from sin by trusting him as Lord. Yep. We deny that anything else whether works to be performed or opinions to be held can be added to the gospel without perverting it into another gospel. You tell people they're not Christian because they don't agree with you, you're perverting the gospel. Simple as that. You can call it what you want. You can try to put sugar on it as much as you want to. That's what you're doing. If you tell people that, hey, because you don't agree with me on this particular topic, you're not Christian. I don't think you're a believer. Neither can you be saved unless you change your opinion. Yeah, you're adding words to the gospel. Adding words to the gospel. And let's be real. When I'm when we're evangelizing, you call people to turn from sin, right? What sin are our brothers and sisters committing when they don't agree with the narrative concerning social justice, especially when it's not being clearly defined? by people you know who who's what sin are they committing you say well you're not loving your neighbor as yourself how not how where, where are they not loving their neighbor as themselves well which the ten commandments are they breaking but if they're not breaking any of them, you can't pinpoint where they've breaking the law then you're actually breaking the law by bearing false witness. That's the truth. Now, I understand we have, to, we have to define social justice. Now, social justice, as defined, is, so, is dealing with uh, society being equal across the board. That's what, that's, that's what social justice is. Now, this would be Marxism. So we're talking about equality, not equality as far as people being treated equally or treated fairly but we're talking about equality like everybody has the same thing that's the case then yeah we're talking about marxism that is marxism and so if you're saying hey well like for instance in our schools in the, in the seminaries well we have we're talking about martin luther we're talking about calvin we're talking about um wesley and all these people but we're not talking about these african-american scholars no no we should have the same amount of, of everything been read across the board you know, why? You know, it's like, really, what's the sin? And, and, and what's the reason? You know, why? Okay, so, cool. African-American scholars. What about the Asian? What about the, the Hispanics? How many, how many of those books are you going to incorporate in a class to make sure everybody reads them in a class and talks about them all in the class? All in time for them to get the degree. But nobody's saying, hey, don't read these people. Nobody's saying, hey, don't, don't go do research. Don't look at other scholars. Nobody's saying that. 
But every every seminary has a curriculum. So because they have a curriculum they follow, they're wrong because they don't have any black brothers on there. Where's the sin? All right, that's that's a rant there. So that's 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 what we're talking about, Marxism. We're getting there. Everybody like everybody should have the same. And issues because everybody don't have the same, so there's disparities. Now you're talking about uh economy, as far as the, the culture, how there are uh, minorities who are marginalized, who don't have this and don't have that, so on and so forth. But where's where's the injustice? Because no matter no matter what, there's gonna be disparities. There are gonna be people who have more than others. The poor is gonna exist. You know, yes, yes, should we help the poor? Yes. Yes. And nobody says no nobody says no. Think about it. We're poor. We're poor spiritually. We're dead in our sins and trespasses. Christ, being God, emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant to redeem wicked us. Yeah, man. He gives a perfect example of what it looks like to give. And so, yes, Christians should be giving. But all the poor is not going to be helped. And that doesn't mean that there's an there's a injustice going on. And people are poor for different reasons. If you look at things on an, in, in an individual basis, like I, I've seen somebody say that the money that we have, and I, you know, I'm quoting this, if you read it and you know what I'm talking about, the money that we have or the job that we have and the wealth that we have is God-given. I agree with that. God gives it to us. And if we don't make it a point to give to the poor, then basically we're in sin. And I'm like, well, what about, or, or give to anyone, like give to others. They would say give to others. They didn't say the poor. They said give to others. They were wrong. You know, I'm paraphrasing. But I'm like, what about a person who's lazy, who doesn't work, who, who basically struggle out on drugs, and they ain't looking for help? They're not looking to help themselves. They're not looking to do anything. They're just looking for handouts. You know, do I, do I give everything to them? No, the Bible says if man don't work, he don't eat. So no, I shouldn't really give. I shouldn't really do that, but I should help him get on his feet. I, mean, I can help him clean himself up, give him something to eat, help him get a job, you know, help him work an honest life. You know, what I'm saying I can do that. I can walk alongside him, but because I don't give to him like that or give to others like that, that's that's wrong. No, because I got other. I have responsibilities to do with my money as I'm supposed to do. Like God gave gave us families, He gave us responsibilities, obligations got to be taken care of. Vows that are made to bill collectors and so on and so forth they got to be taken care of. Given to the local body, got to be taken care of. So yeah, so like that statement is wrong. And so, but all that still will be included in the gospel because we preach Christ and Him and Him crucified. So nobody says just preach the gospel and don't deal with anything else. You know, we're just saying that it's not, it should not be equal to or above the gospel. And people say, well, if you don't do this, then you're not living the gospel life. Well, I don't think the apostles were living the gospel life then. Because all the rest of them, what we see recorded in scripture, they didn't make it a point to go and make sure all the injustices in Rome was taken care of didn't. A concern was spreading the good news of the message of the gospel. Preaching the gospel. 
being persecuted. And that lasted for 400 years. 400 years. What were other believers doing then? Were they trying, were they trying to stand out there and, and do all that stuff? Preaching the gospel. Making disciples. Anyway, rant over. Now it says that this is what people draw issue from. It says this also means the implications and applications of the gospel, such as the obligation to live justly in the world, though legitimate and important in their own right, are not definitional components of the gospel. That's what people find problem with. It's not definitional components of the gospel. People, please read what that says. Not definitional components of the gospel. The gospel is not defined by your activism. The gospel is not defined by your charity. It's not. You will be charitable because of the gospel. And you will be, you will have a heart of compassion for those who are treated unjustly because of the gospel. But because of the gospel, we also know what saves men from their wickedness. And we also know because of the gospel that apart from Christ, no one's going to do good. That's, that's the case. We know that. That's a problem, not definitional components of the gospel. And they even said those applications and those implications and those obligations to live justly in the world is legitimate and important in their own right. So for those who slander and say, oh, it's not, it's not important. They don't think it's important. They don't think it's good. They don't care. You're slandering. Did what was being said because you want people to do you the same way. Now, this next part is in, um, in point eight. Now, I'm going to read the part where it says we deny. Now, this comes from the church. It says we deny that political or social activism should be viewed as integral components of the gospel or primary to the mission of the church. Once again, Primary to the mission of the church. Political or social activism. It should not be viewed as integral components of the gospel or primary to the mission of the church. So it's not primary to the mission of the church. And it's not. What is the Great Commission? Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the, of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Where did Jesus command that the apostles go and participate in activism concerning the society? Even a hint of that. Nowhere. When Jesus was being taken, and he keep in mind, Jesus being innocent. He Jesus is innocent. And he was murdered. Didn't push for his apostles to stand and try to defend them or any of those things. Even Peter. Got rebuked for cutting the man's ear off because they were taking his Lord. Jesus said, no, put your sword away. And didn't encourage none of the disciples to come and defend him, or, you know, when he was being tried. And he's innocent. I mean, that's, you don't get no more unjust than that. You know, so that's not, not one of the things that he commanded them to do. But it's good 
So so it's what it says. It says though, though believers can read, read this. Though believers can and should. So let me stop there real quick. It just said believers can and should. I'm gonna continue reading that, but it's a show that those who say that John MacArthur and the rest of them are saying, "Oh, you shouldn't be out there doing this. Just preach the gospel." No, and that's not what it says. It ain't say just preach the gospel. It says though no, believers can and should utilize all lawful means that God has providentially established to have some effect on the laws of a society. Not just individuals, but a society. Believers can and should utilize all lawful means that God has providentially established to have some effect on the laws of society. I think that would include marches. That would include protests that are lawful. Uh, that would include speaking out on councils and speaking out in, in, in town hall meetings and so on and so forth. Believers can and should utilize all lawful means that God has providentially established to have some effect on the laws of a society. Oh, wow. So I guess Johnny Mac and them really, really aren't saying that you shouldn't be out there like some of y'all are accusing him of saying. Y'all didn't repent of that. Especially if you read this statement. Though believers, so I'm going to read it again. We deny that these activities, so we deny that these activities are either evidence of saving faith or constitute a central part of the church's mission given to her by Jesus Christ, her head. That's all. That's all. Going back to the first part concerning the gospel. Not definitional components. So, these activities are not evidence of saving faith. That's true. If that's the case, those out there standing out there on the corner who actually are protesting, you know, Black Lives Matter and so on and so forth, uh, I guess they're saved. No, you wouldn't say that. Because them doing that are not evidence of saving faith or constitute a central part of the church's mission. It's not a central part of the church's mission. It's not primary. It's not. But y'all would look at this and say, oh, they say it's not primary to the mission of the church. And you look right over where it says believers can and should utilize all lawful means. Can, right here, this word, means you have a choice. Yeah. You have a choice. Like scripture in John 6, 44, where it says, no one can come to the Father. So no, no one can come to the Father unless he's, no one can come to me unless he's been drawn by the Father. Like, and there shows that, hey, you have an ability. Well, that scripture says you don't have an ability. <laughs> but here, it's saying, hey, you have an ability. Believer, you can. You can, you can, act, you can participate in social activism. Political activism, you can. You should. Good. Good for you. Do it. Do it. But don't say people are not saved because they're not doing it with you. That don't mean people don't care. That don't mean people don't still have compassion. Can't do that. Because you're adding to the gospel at that point. It's all that saying, man. We deny that laws or regulations possess any inherent power to change sinful hearts. Come on now. We all know that. So what you going to do? Let's, let's, let's talk here. 
So you have your activism and you're out there and you're trying to get people to change systemic issues and cause people to change laws that better help black and brown people. Will that change their hearts and make them less racist? Will our laws are fallible. Now God's laws are perfect. But man's laws are fallible and people find loopholes around them all the time. So you tell me, if you do your activism, will that change our society? As a whole, will people actually start to actually do right and treat black and brown people right? You tell me you actually believe that you're a Christian. All right, and we got to have a talk if you, if you believe that. Once again, you can and should, so do it. Now, this next, this, this next part, as a matter of fact, this is going to be my last point I'm going to make, and I'm going to end this for tonight. It says, we deny, this is under point. 12 under race and ethnicity says we deny that Christians should segregate themselves into racial groups or regard racial identity above or even equal to their identity in Christ we find that some issue one no we should not segregate ourselves into racial groups that's the problem with us now we're already segregated because of because of doctrinal issues now we're going to add something that's not even biblical race Hey, race is not a biblical construct. It's not. It's something that man came up with to make people who are who they deem to be superior over those who are inferior. Race put people in classes. You know, this is this is where that come. That's where that come about. So no, we shouldn't be segregated based into racial groups. So blacks shouldn't just fellowship with blacks. Whites should not just fellowship with whites. And Hispanics with Hispanics and so on and so forth. No, we should seek to be unified. You should, or regard racial identity above or even equal to their identity in Christ. No. So I'm an African American. You know, my ancestors, most likely, one half of them came from Africa. I do believe I have some Caucasian in my blood because my last name is Bandy, light skin, so on and so forth. And, you know, and I know some, some, I know some Caucasian people who last name is Bandy. So, yeah, I believe I'm probably got some mixture going on in me. But I'm not, that doesn't, that doesn't make me who I am in Christ. Now, who I am as my personality, you know, based on the area I, brought up, I was brought up in and, you know, and all that kind of stuff, my experiences, I mean, that shapes my personality. But that doesn't, that doesn't make, that doesn't equal to my identity in Christ. My identity, is, my identity in Christ is greater than who I was and who I came into before coming to Christ. Like, his, my identity in him is what matters. I ain't gonna lie to you. My my identity, myself, Jamal, I'm insecure. I have issues, all that stuff. Thank God my identity is not found in my issues and in, in my insecurities and in my and all of my all my problems and my flaws. My identity is found in Christ. I can re, I can have confidence. I can I can have self confidence because my identity is found in Christ. I can be I can be confident in who I am. I can I can. I can be thankful for how God has allowed me to be uh, be formed and be made and, and just how my personality is. I don't have to be ashamed of any of that that makes Jamal Jamal because my identity is in Christ. It's greater. So, yeah, that's that point. Now, go on from here. I'm going to read the rest of this. We deny that any divisions between people groups from an unstated attitude of superiority to an overt spirit of resentment have any legitimate place in the fellowship of the redeemed. 
So not just those who thought themselves as being superior, but also those who have resentment. There are people who segregate from churches because of resentment, you know, with color of skin. Not because anybody said anything hurtful to you, but because color of their skin. No, sir. No, ma'am. Does not have a legitimate place in the fellowship of the redeemed. We reject any teaching that encourages racial groups to view themselves as privileged oppressors or entitled victims of oppression. Now, somebody had a problem with this. So I seen where there was a guy who had a problem with this, this sentence, entitled victims of oppression. We reject any teaching that encourages racial groups to view themselves as privileged oppressors. So you say, yeah, that's what's up. Or entitled victims of oppression. Oh, wait a minute. Who you calling entitled? Now, we know we live in a culture full of entitlement issues, full of it. And so this is not saying that, those, that there aren't real victims out there. It's not saying that though, there are some who are being treated unfairly and who are being oppressed and all those things. It's not saying that. Entitled victims of oppression. People who, people who are taking that upon themselves. It's not saying real victims don't exist, y'all. How do you get that out of the statement? It says, while we weep, while we are to weep with those who weep, we deny that a person's feeling of offense or oppression necessarily prove that someone else is guilty of sinful behaviors, oppression, or prejudice. That's truth. We all say like, our feelings, like our, our feelings are separate from what truth is. Even when it comes to God, like God ain't concerned with your feelings. It's about the truth. Like when he when he's chastising us and so on and so forth, it ain't about what it, how it makes us feel. It's the truth. Same thing here. All is saying the same thing. Hey, we weep with those who weep. So those who are legitimate victims, those who are going through oppression, so on and so forth, we are to weep with them. So why are you guys saying that Johnny Mack and James White and the rest of them don't have compassion? They don't care about the victims. What are you talking about? We are to weep with those who weep. But we deny that a person's feelings of offense or oppression necessarily prove that someone's guilty of it. So all because you feel like you've been oppressed, all because you feel like you've been offended, don't necessarily mean that it's true. The Bible even says this. This is justice in the Bible. You know that, right? Accusations of sin against someone, two or three witnesses. Not just because somebody came up and made an accusation. Two or three witnesses. It has to be true. It has to be established. You can't just accuse somebody of something. It has to be true. I mean, we're we are Christians. We're Christians. Why do we why are we saying that truth don't matter here? That's that's what this is. Those who don't agree with that line, you're basically saying truth don't matter. Our feelings are subjective. You know, we take things the wrong way all the time. So our feelings are subjective. We can't trust our own hearts. And we're just saying that the feeling of that alone does not prove it's true. I mean, you have to actually seek things out. I, I, I could go into this one. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to stop there, y'all. So this is a couple of things that I saw where people gave responses to and had problems with it. You know, and I want to be able to deal with that. We got to stop the slander. We got to stop the lying on others to fit your narrative. Like we're supposed to be believers, and we're supposed to be founded on a foundation of truth. Our Christian faith, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So we should be founded on what's true. Don't assume people's motives, y'all. 
you read the statement, take for what it says. If you say, well, that's some underlying stuff in here. You don't know that. You're assuming on people's hearts and you're bearing false witness off of that. Come on, stop it. I'm not saying you got to sign it. If you don't want to sign it, don't sign it. It doesn't matter. Don't sign it. But don't sit there and say that people are trying to be racist when they're not. That's all. Anyway, so the title of this is fitting. Social justice slanderers. Yeah, that's what I'm dealing with here. People who are slandering others based off of a reading of this statement that's completely erroneous. And, and based off of what people have said, that's completely erroneous. And that's what it is. So, anyway, I hope this has been helpful for you. Like I said, you're welcome to contact me, hit me up, talk to me, call me, whatever it is, I'm down for it. Believe me, I am. So thank you once again for joining me for this episode of the Prescribing Truth Podcast. Please uh, share, like this, and subscribe if you haven't. Check out more Prescribed Truth to the side. And remember, in a world full of errors, the only thing the doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings.